return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we've talked on the last will and testament, which is what the title of my dad's will was, last will and testament of Robert Kaufman, which relates to uh, the disposition of one's property after their death. Now, uh, while you're living, if you have a will, it's just a piece of paper. But once we pass away, it is an official legal document, all right? And, uh, uh, you know, we have a New Testament. There was the old, but now there is a new. The new is based on better promises. And the Bible says in Hebrews that uh, the testament is enforced after the death of the testator. The testator is Jesus Christ, right? So when he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, that came into full fruition, that full covenant for us. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you, even on a personal level, on a natural level, have a, have a will, all right? Uh, we just, again, we minister to a lot of people, a lot of people that aren't even from this church, of course, from all over, all over the world. It's amazing how so much is going on. But someone who passed away, who was a multi, multi-millionaire with all kinds of things and so forth, had no will. <laughs> and had four children, no will. And so now it's very complicated, all the different things, the detachments and properties and all kinds of stuff. Very complicated now. All goes to court now. All is uh, put a big delay and so forth because there's no will. And uh, uh, so, you know, you have to plan ahead. Amen. You should plan ahead. It doesn't matter. You might say, well, I don't have anything, but you still should plan ahead, especially if you have children. Who's going to watch those children? Uh, if you would not be here by chance. So, so having a will in the natural is good. Let me just, as long as I'm on that too, let me just say, if you can, have life insurance. Big topic here. I know, we, I don't know you didn't come for a financial seminar. But I would, have a, I would have life insurance also, if you can, term life insurance. Because at some point, you're going to leave this earth. You don't have to say amen to that, but that's true. <laughs> You're going to leave this earth at some point. So if you can, have some life insurance. As you get older, of course, the older you get, they say, the less you really need life insurance because you should have assets enough to cover funeral expenses and so forth. But especially when you're younger, if you have children or whatever, you should have term life insurance. You should plan ahead. 
We live in a fallen world, so, so uh, God has only good things planned for us. However, we live in a fallen world, and because of that, there are things that happen. All right, so the people do get sick occasionally, or there's an accident, or something like that. We just live in a fallen world, so we thank God for the victory we have in Christ. Hallelujah. We're believing for long lives. Hallelujah. But also, you plan ahead. You plan ahead for uh, future events that at some point are going to happen unless Jesus comes back. <laughs> Amen? That's not negative. That's just, that's just how it is. So, a will gives direction to the things that you have in this life. It gives direction to your family. It's a positive thing. It's a good thing. Uh, incidentally, your family should know where it's at. If you have a safe or a file or whatever, they should know where it's at so they can find it. Well, I'm on that. They should know where all your important papers are at. Amen. Your wife should know where all your important papers are at. Her husband. Amen. You should know all those things so that if you happen to leave this life, people aren't wondering like, what are we going to do? <laughs> nice to have a plan. You're an amen. God is a planner. So as Christians, we have all people understanding life and understanding our future should also have plans and so forth like that. Now, in, uh, in having a will, a will talks about inheritance, Joshua 1, 6. Everything, you see so many things in the Bible that use the word inheritance. All right? In this case, be strong of good courage for the people. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which is sworn to their fathers to give them. So way back in Genesis and so forth with Abraham, God was always talking about inheritance. Inheritance is something that you pass on, that you plan to pass on to your heirs. Inheritance. Your heirs are going to inherit what you have, all right? Psalm, Psalm 2, verse 8, he says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Now, this deals with souls and the ends of earth for your possession. So ask for souls. Amen. One of the things Heidi Baker asked for in prayer was Mozambique. So she asked for souls. You know, it's not like we're asking for, we're not having all their resources and all their money. No, we're asking for souls. Ask for souls. And the more you pray for the nations, plural, not, not talking about the United States now, the nations, the more you pray for the nations, the more you will have a heart for the nations. If you never think about the world, you never think about nations, look at all these flags here, which represents 13 nations Jeannie and I have been to, but also nations that have come here. But if you never think about the nations, you'll never be concerned for the world. Never be concerned for the Great Commission. So for a lot of people, the Great Commission is their great omission. They've omissed it. They don't think about it. But souls should be important. Ask. I wonder how many Christians ever ask or asking for the nations. How many Christians are asking for souls in Nigeria, asking for souls in Ghana, or asking souls in some other place? Iran. You know what I mean? Think about it. Asking for souls. And he actually says you need to ask. Ask for souls because then you have a greater burden. Amen. You have a greater burden to believe God for those things. But if you never ask, if you never think about it, you'll never have a burden. <laughs> never have a burden. It's like if the less you're around food, the less hungry you become. So if I'm not around food, I can go long, long periods of time with no food. I don't even need food. Just like it doesn't even exist. Don't think about it. But the aroma of food will make you hungry. 
So if you smell a home-cooked meal, hmm, I'm I wasn't hungry. Now I'm hungry. Right? So you get hungry. The same thing spiritually. When you're in the Word and you're in prayer and you're believing for these things, then you get, you get an appetite for the world to reach the world for Jesus Christ. You're here for a purpose. Thank God for a good job, good degree, family, so forth. But you're here for a purpose. The purpose is to reach others for Jesus. Nothing else can we take to heaven. There's no U-Hauls following the hearse. You came in with nothing, we go out with nothing. However, we go out with an influence that we reach people for Christ. Souls. Say souls. That's what it's all about, folks, is souls. Souls for Jesus. That's what it's all about while we're here on this earth. We're just passing through. (laughs) Amen. Psalm 78. He says, uh, uh, he divided again. He drive out the nations before them, allotted them an inheritance by survey. They plotted out the land for the tribes of Israel. So this tribe got this, this tribe got this, this tribe got that. It was all scribed. Inheritance. All through the Bible, you're going to see inheritance. Or that we're heirs. We're heirs of God. We're joint heirs. Joint heirs. Think of this. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Everything Jesus had has been given to us. John 17, the glory that I have, I've given to them. Everything that Jesus had is given to us. But I, I think about that and think, wow, there's a lot that I still got to believe for, inheritance here. A lot still that I got to claim. A lot still that I want to walk in. Amen? Galatians 3.18, it says uh, that God gave an inheritance. It's not through the law, but it's, it's uh, God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Gave an inheritance. We're not... We can't earn it. We receive it. It's pr- the promises of God that he's given to us. The next, later down, verse chapter 3, verse 29, it says that we are Abraham's seed. If you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed, and you're an heir. So all that God, the, the neat thing about the Old Testament, all those promises to Abraham and so forth, we get to have all these promises. They're all ours. But not the curse. Hallelujah. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So he redeemed us from what was bad. Gave us all that's good. We have this New Testament now. Grace and mercy. Hallelujah. So for, for Christ, we become Abraham's seed. You know, I wasn't born a Jew, but now I have Jewish promises. Because in Christ, I'm Abraham's seed. I'm an heir. I'm an heir of all that God promised Abraham. And what did he say in Romans 4.13? God gave to the promise that he would be the heir of the world. It was not by the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now look at the promise. He'd be an heir of the world. Wow. Abraham's seed would be as like the stars of the sky. And you think we're all part of that, folks. Amen. We're all part of that seed of Abraham, and we're heirs of the world. Now, what does that mean again? It's souls that we should go out. You know, sometimes people think we're going to possess the world in the natural, but it's really the supernatural. We're believing for souls. Say souls. The world, the world to reach the world, the job to reach the world has been given to us. The job, God isn't reaching the world by angels. No, the angels are ministers to minister, can minister to us, can show us things. But our job is soul winning. Our job, we pray for the sick. The angels don't pray for the sick. We pray for the sick. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's your job. Your job is to be a witness. Your job, my job is to be a light for Jesus. My job is to tell others of his wonderful love. 
Those are good things. Amen. That's our job. That's why we're here. We were saved, not just so we can live a good life and be blessed. And I got abundant life, all this stuff. We're saved for a purpose to live for Jesus. To reach others. And that's why Jesus said in John 17, Father, don't don't take them out of the world. That's why God never kills anybody or God never wants somebody to die. He says, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. Jesus prayed that prayer. So he wants us in this world for as long as we possibly can be. Amen. Long life, whatever, whatever that is. But your life would be fruitful for the glory of Jesus. So the promise is to to Abraham, but it's also to us through the righteousness of faith to be the heir of the world. Oh, boy. People. People. Say people. People. So how do we get it? Ephesians chapter six. So how do we how do we walk in his word and how do we receive the the testament? The promise is given to how do we get it? Well, Ephesians Hebrews six, verse twelve says, we're not slothful, we're followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, this scripture here has been read who knows how many times through the years or the decades. However, however, many Christians are slothful. They're lazy. They don't get in the Bible. They don't know the Bible. Don't read the Bible. Don't understand just the premises of New Testament believers. Able ministers of the New Testament, not the old, the New Testament, Corinthians, amen. So yet many Christians are slothful. So you talk to them about the promises of God. You talk to them about victory. You talk about faith. Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yet their lives look like they're living on Grumble Alley, depressed, discouraged, down. Oh, it's Monday. Got to go to work. Folks, let me tell you something. There's revival in Jesus Christ. Every day is a blessing. Every day with Jesus can be great. Hallelujah. The promises are ours. It's something to be excited about. If you were given a will, let me just say this. He's the, he's the creator of the universe, right? Creator of the universe. So my dad's will could be summed up in a few pages. Pretty basic. But now we have a, we have a will. We have the will that's summed up in chapters and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds of pages. And so we can go through now, you can go through and say, well, I already got that, Pastor Dave, hallelujah. But let me tell you, there's a big will. There's a big testament. There's a big book to go through. So some days you think, oh, thank you, Jesus, for that answered prayer. Thank you for salvation or thank you for your grace or whatever. But then you keep going through and think, oh, wait a minute. There's more and then there's more and then there's more. You're not going to exhaust, you're not going to exhaust the resources of God. It's impossible to exhaust the resources of God. He is, he is omniscient. He is all powerful. He has everything. You know, amen. He died for this world that the world might get saved. So you go and you could read a natural will pretty easy. But now we have this supernatural will. The documents right in front of us. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. And all the scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit. So you can live in a little bit of it, but a lot of people are slothful. They're kind of happy. They're kind of, you know, peanut butter and jelly Christians, you know. Grilled cheese sandwich. Okay, yeah. Oh, I ate you. Oh, I ate you. You bet. But there's more. 
Don't live on the cheese and crackers when you can really get into the meat of the word of God. It's not just about you. It's about your family. It's about your life, your ministry. It's about reaching others. Amen. Why would people want your life if you look like them at work? If you look like everybody else, you know, you're just going about your job. Why would they want your life? What's so attractive about you? But if we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, and we have the love of God in us, and we have the power in us, all of a sudden we begin to act different. We work different. We live different. So now my life, you know, we become a fragrance. Oh, something smells good. Why are you so happy? How come you got the victory? We had something happen last week, last Sunday. We go out to eat after the service. So we're with the Joneses and the Holloways and the Suitors and so forth. And we're at a restaurant. And the owner, so we're there. It's a busy place. People are doing all kinds of things and so forth. They had taken our order and stuff. And we're sitting there. I'm sitting on the end of the table. And the owner of the restaurant comes by. And he kneels, gets down on his knees. And he says, bless me. That happens many times in India. Many times in India, first time in the United States, didn't have my coat on or anything. He didn't know his pastor or anything. The presence of the Lord. He got down at his knees. He bowed his head. He folded his hands in the presence of everybody. He says, bless me. I laid my hands on him there in the restaurant, began to speak blessings over him as other people could hear. He got up and he crossed himself from the Catholic faith. He said, thank you. God wants to use you. Amen. He wants to use you in the world. Use you in your job. Every day is a blessing. It's a gift. But if we just plodding through life, pretty soon we're slothful. And all these promises that we're supposed to inherit that are all ours. Just sit there. Just sit there. Not claimed. Not used. Just sit there. And you know what? God, God will let you do that. You can be content. Well, I'm going to heaven. Okay, you can be content to do that. However, I want to keep digging into the will. That is his word. And when I see the word of God and I see the victories God for us, then I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Anybody joining us in another country, this is for you too. This is not an American book. Many people think, oh, this is an American. This is not an American book. It wasn't written by Americans. It wasn't, it's a Middle East book. Is that a white book? Don't make it a white book. Don't make Christianity white. It's not white. This is for any of you in the world, from India to Africa, any place. It is for you. Jesus Christ is for you. The promises are for you. His love is for you. That's what's good about this. You can go anywhere in the world and preach this. Anywhere. We have. <laughs> And you realize how good it is. We had meetings where people have come up and kissed my feet in the middle of the message. I'm talking in the meeting. They come up, get down there, kiss my feet. How blessed are the feet that bring the good news. In the middle of a pastor's conference, come up and kiss my feet. Amazing. It's kind of embarrassing. You kind of, wait, wait, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You know, because you don't have shoes on or anything like that. They do it. Not a big scene. And we move on. The promises are for us. The promises for all of us. When Jeannie delivered Bibles to the underground church in Russia in 1974, 
communism. The Bible was illegal. You couldn't do this. Churches were closed, burned, or locked up, all these things. Yet they found an underground church, and then they found the church. People wept, wept to get a copy of the Bible. Wept. They, They shared all these things. They said, did you bring us any bread? Bread. Did you bring us any bread? And they wept. Oh, a lot of people here in the United States say, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, sure, Pastor. Yeah, I believe this stuff, sure. I read my Bible. I did it last month. Slothfulness will get you nowhere. My observation of the body of Christ is most are slothful. People can go to a big, exciting meeting. Woo, did we have church? Woo, 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 woo. Next day, this week, oh, oh, read the Bible. No, oh, that was a great meeting, though. We had a great meeting. Next week, read the Bible. Oh, a great meeting we had. Great meeting. <laughs> There's something about digging in the Word and then the inheritance. You know what? Uh, uh, you, might, you might feel sad when someone dies, but I'll tell you what. If they say, man, I got a big check for you, you're pretty excited. I've never had that personally, but just saying, you'd be excited. And you'd want to go claim it. You'd want to claim what is yours. You'd want to get your name on it. Amen. So in the natural, in the natural, you take the will to the attorney. It's read. It's a legal document. It's verified at the bank. It's verified through all kinds of accounts. It's verified on properties, real estate, and all kinds of things. All of this transpires to all of those things in the natural. You have to read it though, right? The same goes for the spiritual. You take the Bible, the paper, the will, right? And you go to the Father to possess it. You have to go possess it. He gave them the land, but they had to go possess it. He gave them the land, but there were still people on the land. Before you got saved, your father was the devil. After you get saved, your father is God Almighty. Now, you can pray a sinner's prayer and be forgiven. And now from that point, you have to go and possess the land. It's not automatic. I can't sleep with the Bible on the pillow like, oh man, did I get it all last night? Woo, osmosis, this is really good. You have to go possess it. If someone said, the devil's a liar. But if someone said, no, 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 you're not part of this family. No, you weren't a good son. No, you were adopted. No, you don't belong here. I'd say, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. My name is in there, and I'm going to claim it. I would claim what is rightfully mine. I've got the paper. Now, the devil's a liar, the accuser of the brethren, who wants to hinder each person, each believer, from receiving what is theirs. You don't deserve it. No, you're not worthy. No, you can't, God can't do that for you. No, you're not special. All, all kinds of lies that people believe. So when people think, well, I, I could never witness, or I could never pray for the sick, or I, I don't deserve that. And folks, it's not about what you deserve. It's about what he, he gave. He has a testament. He gave it to his people. It's not a question of how good you are. You don't have to come and prove your worth. He proved your worth by dying on the cross. The value you are is the price he paid. He proved your worth. 
You're a son or daughter. When you come to Christ, now you're a son and daughter. You're part of the family. You might think, well, I haven't even done anything yet. You're part of the family. Hallelujah. That's good news. Amen. So now in the spiritual realm, you have to go and possess it. You have to go ask for it. You have to evict the enemy from your life. We've all been servants of the devil before, but now you're evicting the enemy. Say, no, I'm going to claim the promises of God. I'm going to think different, speak different, act different, believe different. I'm not the same person. You should not be the same person. People say, well, I, yeah, I got saved so many years ago, but are you still the same person? Shouldn't be. Christians that go around and they're still cussing, they're still still thinking dirty thoughts and all that. Folks, let me just say this. They might be a Christian, but God wants to transform us. You're living on the bottom of the heap here. You're just, you're just barely inching in here. When you come to Christ, your life changes. Everything can change. Everything. I don't want just some of it. I want all of it. Say all of it. Why would you be content with some of it? One time years ago, someone said, well, you're just a selfish Christian. I said, selfish Christian? If, if, I'm, if I'm refusing what he's given to me, I'm, I'm rejecting the Holy Ghost. He's given me all these promises. It's not about me. It's about him, and it's about reaching this world. So, you have to go after your inheritance by faith. Now, look at 2 Peter 1, verses 1, 3, and 4. It says, our father... Our God and our Father, it's His abundant mercy, thank God for that, has begotten us unto a lively hope. So we've been born again to a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So His abundant mercy, through that we get saved, and now we have this lively hope through the resurrection, like, wow, look at, look at who I am now in Christ. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Can we go to 2 Peter? Try that one. 2 Peter. This is 1 Peter. Let's go to 2 Peter a second. Same, same verses, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Let me just wait here a second. He's begotten us. He's given us life. Given us to us. Amen. Let's just wait a second. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. So his divine power now, so we've begotten, born again. His divine power, notice to say all, given, it's a gift. All things that pertain to life and godliness. So this life, godliness, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, notice, though, it's through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Through the will or the testament. We have the New Testament. So, through the word of God, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, if I don't pursue that, then I'm going to be lacking in certain areas of my life. I'm going to lack in victory. I'm going to lack in joy if I don't pursue it. Right? He's given it. It's written. It's right here. It's in the will. It's written to us, but I have to pursue it. 
I have to believe for it. Just because you get saved doesn't mean the devil's quit. All right. So he still wants to wreck your life or lie to you or deceive you or whatever. That's that's what he does. Lie and deceive. So so just because you get saved doesn't mean you've arrived to get saved to now to really grow in Christ. So he's given us all things, say all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, if I've been given that, then if I'm in it, he's going to help me with my daily life, my daily decisions, raising my children or grandchildren or my job or whatever it might be, because it pertains to all of life. So we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. So knowing that the will is here, you know, this a natural will, people say, oh, what would it be like to be an heir of Warren Buffett? Oh, wow, it would just be amazing. No, what would it be like to be an heir of Jesus Christ? Amen. Of God our Father, we're joint heir with Jesus. Amen. So we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. Now, a promise is only good if you take, take him up on it. This is not automatic. People say, well, if God wanted me to have that, I'd have it. No, no, that's not true. He's given you promises to go and possess, to go and believe for in your life, to claim. Do you know the state of South Dakota has unclaimed money? Every state has unclaimed money. But anyway, it's just unclaimed money. It's never been claimed. For one reason or another, bank account closed or this or that. It's just unclaimed money. And occasionally you see ads, hey, check and see if you've got unclaimed money here. It was printed in the Brookings paper one year. I remember, what, is there anything out there for me? <laughs> of course it wasn't, but. But think about it. You have to go and claim it. Everything is not automatic. Sometimes you might see somebody blessed and they're walking in the spirit and think, wow, that could be you. You have the favor of God. You do have the favor of God. Sometimes people prophesy, the favor of God is on your life. Oh, oh, oh thank you. Oh, the favor of God is on everybody's life. Every Christian has the favor of God in their life. Why? Because they're son and daughter of Christ. Favor of God is on their life. You can prophesy it. That's wonderful. Nice to hear. But you can speak it to yourself every day. The glory is on you. Yep, it is. That's right. The glory of Jesus. Yes. Remember I said said before, you can get in meetings and people say, you want a double portion? Come on up here. We get a double portion. I don't want a double portion. I want all of it. You can get all of the anointing of Jesus Christ. People, see, this doesn't register with people, but it is true. You can have all the anointing of Jesus Christ in your life. Why? Because he gave it to us. He gave it to us. It's a matter of going after it. It's a matter of believing it. It's a matter of exercising your faith. If you don't think you'll heal people, you'll never pray for people. If you don't think you'll bless people, you won't bless them. We're always looking for a grandchild to put our hands on to bless. Could be in the athletic field. Oh, let me bless you. It's amazing. I mean, amazing. I mean, it could be in last year. Could be the state tournament in front of hundreds of people. And so the grandson comes up for a big hug. Yeah, I like that. They're just trained that way. They embrace that. They receive that. That's who we are. So you can go after it. It's yours. There is not limitations. He'll do exceedingly abundantly of all that you can ask or think. There is not a limitation to any person here, hearing my voice, any believer in the world. There is no limitations. Only what you put on it. 
If you're slothful, if you're lazy, if you don't want to believe, it's up to you. But if you want to pursue it, oh boy, good things happen. Folks, life is good. And the next life is better. People say, this life is so good. Yeah, and the next one is better. Paul says, I desire to depart. He said, I'm ready to die. But important that I'm here for you right now. But he knew his life. He knew his relationship. He knew what he had. And let me, let me just say this. You can, this is a, this not only is a lifelong journey, but it's impossible. We're just scratching the surface. Anyway, you cut the pie. But if somebody could be inspired today to believe for a little more, believe bigger. Your God is not small. He's a big God. Believe, say believe bigger. Because he's given these great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Let me just say the divine nature is a healthy nature. It's a prosperous nature, spiritually prosperous, mentally prosperous, physically prosperous. It's a divine nature. No lack. Say no lack. There's no lack. It's a divine nature. God lacks nothing. So we partake of this. We're like an heir. We escape the corruption that is the world through us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm free from this to have this. Now, this is for anybody. I'm, I'm getting older. So some of you are younger. Some of you are just kids. Let me just say, it's for you. Not a junior Holy Spirit. I'm like, well, I got to... I've got to go to Bible school. You know, you don't have to go to good Bible school. Well, I've got to be, I got to be older. I've got to be 25, 30 years old. No, you don't have to be 25 or 30 years old. I've got to be 50. You don't have to be 50. That's, probably, that's part of the problem with the New Testament church today. People act like, well, these ministers, I've got to be old, these old ministers. No, they can be young ministers. Yeah. You not be old minister, chronologically old. You can be young. Say Hallelujah. <laughs> It's not a question of age. It's a question of going after and claiming, claiming what is yours in Christ. And God, you know, he's given these promises, promises. He doesn't lie. So it's not like he's dangling a carrot. Yeah, but you'll never get it. You'll never get it. No, no, he's, he puts it out there to say it's yours. Ah, uh, yes, Lord. <laughs> Dream big. <laughs> Okay, a couple questions. John 14. John 14, 13 and 14 says, Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Wow. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why would God want to answer your prayers? So that he can be glorified. Why would God want to save your family? So he could be glorified. That's why. Why would God want to take care of you? So he could be glorified. Right? People say, you really are blessed. Oh, by God's grace. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he can be glorified. It isn't because of you. It's not because my faith. I just believe God. Hallelujah. I got it. No, no, no. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. He'll answer prayer so that the father is glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, (laughs) think about it. (laughs) That is a big statement there. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I remember being in India and we were just just speaking and kind of prophesying. People can't 
come forward. You know, the chairs are all, there's no chairs. I mean, people are on the floor and they can't walk up and stuff like that. So, but anyways, I'm just thinking about things and speaking and stuff. And then I say, God's given you a new toenail. And I'm thinking, oh, that was stupid. Why? You know, your head, your voice in your head. That was dumb. You shouldn't have said that, Dave. Anyway, said it. And then we went on from there. And the next couple days later, we were in this conference. It was a big conference. This was many years ago. And this one pastor's wife came up, and she was saying how God did so many things. And she said, and the person you prophesied for the new toenail, they had a brand new toenail. The toenail had been ripped off. So people didn't wear shoes or anything. His toenail ripped off. Had a brand new toenail the next morning. Woke up with it. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Wow, you know. He'll do things that in the natural you think, well, that's not possible. A brother was in India. He was speaking, a friend of ours, and torrential rain. And so the service started. They had the, a stage up, and there were a mixed group, thousands of people. And a mixed group, this is David Nichols, and he's there and just think, oh, you know, we got equipment and this is terrible. You know, people are going to leave. So you can have that, just downpours, just mega downpours. And, and he just, he got up from his chair. They, you know, they just started the first song, they quit it, you know, with the rain. He got up in his chair and he says, the God who I serve can stop this rain. And he's just, boom, it's just like some, turn off the, turn off the faucet. And it stopped just like that. And everybody was like this. Thousands of people. He said, when I said it, it sounded so crazy. Little voices say, you can't say that. But he said it. It was out there. Boom, it happened. And I said, what would you do? And he said, well, we had an altar call right there. Service hadn't even started. Had the altar call right there. Because the God who he served stopped that rain. And people thought, wow, that's the God who I want to serve. God is doing miracles today. He's doing all kinds of miracles today. All kinds. I just want to be a part of it. We're all, I always say we're a small part of a big thing, amen, that God's doing. But I want to be a part of it. Whether it's witnessing, whether it's sharing with somebody, whether it's praying for somebody, just speaking a blessing. I speak blessings over sinners all the time. People are on TV think, oh, this person's terrible. I speak blessings over them. Oh, what do they do? I speak blessings over them. Why? Because God loves them. He wants to save them. He wants to touch their life. So many Christians are cursing their TV and cursing people. No, 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 don't curse. Bless. You say negative things, that's a curse. It's like you're judging them. Curse, 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 curse. No <laughs> other way the world is today. Speak blessing, blessing, blessing. You know, there was a lot of Pharisees that didn't follow Jesus, but were believers. He didn't curse them. They didn't have the guts to come out publicly. But he didn't say that. Met with Nicodemus privately at night. I'll do that. I'll meet you where you're at. He's that kind of a God. He loves people. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Love it. John 15. Got a few more verses. We'll close. John 15. He says this. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You'll ask what you desire. It shall be done for you. Now, abiding is this relationship, right? If I'm living in Jesus, you're here today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching online. But this is a relationship that goes on all the time, right? Abiding is living in Jesus. Say, live in Jesus. So this is every day. Tomorrow's Monday. How are you going to get up and go to work? I'd get up in Jesus. Right? 
I'd just get up in the Lord. I'd get up praising God. If you, you know, godly habits will get you through tough times. I get up, I get up all the time, just thank you, Jesus. And some mornings I don't feel the greatest. Physically don't feel the greatest, all right? But I get up anyway. I feel like I get on the floor and I stretch and I do all those things like that. But it's good to get up and praise Jesus. So if you abide in him, now verse 16 is, you did not, you did not chose me. I, choose me. I chose you. Yes. He appointed you to go and bear fruit. And that's our part. Yes. God says, I want you to go and bear fruit. I want you to be my witness. I want you to reach the nations. Amen. I've commissioned you to do that, to reach the mm-hmm. nations. Mm-hmm. So your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What's, what's the context here? The context is to bear fruit. Yes. The context isn't you, my life, I'm just believing God for me and all these things and I can do this and this. No, no, the context is, is fruit in the kingdom. Totally. So you should go and bear fruit for Jesus. The fruit would remain as eternal fruit. Think of, think of uh, uh, you know, David Spolum. He's now with Jesus. Yeah. Think of the fruit that remains. Yeah. Think of the fruit that remains from a life that was lived out of love for yes. students. Yeah. Students and faculty and so forth. Think of the fruit that remains because he lived that life. Yes, amen. I mean, really amazing. People think the great preacher, the preachers that are prophesying. So, no, no, the greatness comes in everyday life, I think. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people get up in front of big crowds who actually don't like people. And I'm t- being totally honest. They can preach in front of the big crowd, but, oh, God forbid that I see them or talk to them or shake their hand. Let me take me away again so I can come in privately, leave privately, leave in my nice car Mm. or plane. Mm. No, forget it. That kind of ministry stenches in God's nostrils. And there are a lot of big ministries like that, folks. Mm -hmm. The relationship with Jesus deals with people. Always with people. Hello. Amen. Don't shout me down now. Don't shout me down. All right. You know. John 16. Let's just go with that. John 16 a second. He says this. In that day, you will not need to ask me anything. I assure Amen. you and most solemnly yeah. that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as my representative, he'll oh, give yeah. you. Until now, you haven't asked anything. And a lot of Christians haven't asked anything. But ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. Oh, now, you, if Lord. I know what's in the will... It right there. If I know what's in the will, then I'm going to continue to petition for it. There's a bank account. The bank account was in my my father's name. And I went, mm-hmm. they said, well, that's no, you got to show proof. Well, I'm going to go back again with proof. Right. Well, have the attorney call us. Okay, I'll have the attorney call you. So you go back and you claim what is yours. You ask and keep on asking. That's where, again, where a lot of us get derailed. In fact, go to the last verse here in Matthew 7, Matthew chapter 7, and it says this in the Amplified. It says, Mm -hmm. it says in that day, uh, uh, ask and keep on asking. Sometimes sometimes you say, well, I I have asked. No, keep on asking. Yeah, that's a good word. You'll receive. Your joy may be complete and full. Is there another verses there with that? It says, if it says knock and keep on knocking and so on and so forth like that. So it goes on from there. Matthew 7. Oh, it is in Matthew 7. Ma- Do you have Matthew 7? Matthew 7, 7 okay. to 11. Ask and keep on asking. All right? Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Amen. Well, that's a lifelong process. Yes. 
Amen. So all I'm doing is, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Abiding in you. Amen. Loving you, Jesus. I just saw this promise. Wow, that's a good one. Hallelujah. Thank right. you, Jesus. And so, so when we do that, he'll give us, the next verse is there, Matthew 7, uh, 10, 11. Do we have those? Uh, Matthew 7. Then it says, how much more will your Father who is in more. heaven give what is good and advantageous to those who keep asking him? Oh, so, so folks, folks yes. I'm, I'm believing for souls. I'm amen. believing for people to come into the kingdom. We're believing for revival. Yeah, this isn't amen. a man-made thing. It's just amen. people just doing what they should do. Amen. The amen. Jesus movement wasn't a movement of a church back in the late 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. which we are products of. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a movement of a church. And folks, this last day movement is not going to be associated with a church. Yeah. It's not going to be associated with the ministry because if it is, they will claim the credit. Can't tell you how many times I've seen churches do lots of good things happen and they'll say, and it was because we prayed and because we confessed and believed. No, no, no. It's not about you. Boom. They all die. All those revivals die. Because people get up, pastors get up, people, we did this and we did that. No, no, no. It's over. The glory goes to the Father. The glory goes to Jesus Christ who gave us the will. Amen. Amen. We're going to see some big things. I'm excited about it. I don't know how how much I'll see yet in this lifetime, but I'll tell you what, we're going to see big things. Lots and lots of good things are happening. Souls are coming to the kingdom worldwide. It's the best time in history to be alive. And you want to claim what is yours? Amen. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this, I do have something to say, but I was thinking back to when, how Pastor Dave said he wakes up. Honestly, you know, it's just a great way to live every yep. morning when you wake up. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, the sun is shining. Oh, Lord, thank you for that window. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's a very great guy to live with. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the coffee smells good today. Oh, Oh, thank God. Did I could you say the sunrise this morning before the sun was up? Woo! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Might have been cloudier, but I tell you what. Honestly, um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. is the password yeah. into God's presence. Amen. Isn't Amen. that what your good, Bible says? Good, Enter yeah. his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Well, your pastor is a man who lives with Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. But anyway, that isn't really what I was going to say. But. When you were talking about that, I thought, yeah, you're right. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got my shoes on. Thank you, Lord. I'm going out for coffee. Thank you, Lord. I got the the car filled up with gas so I don't have to do it tomorrow. Honestly, you can just say thank you, thank you, thank you for anything, for everything. All the time. All the time. Anywhere. All the time. Um, just say something right now yeah, you're thankful for. Say, thank you, Lord. Bring the Lord come on, into everything. Come on, open your mouth. Thank you, you doing, Lord. You can be thank doing you, Lord. dishes and say thank <laughs> you for great, hot Jackie. water. Hallelujah Jackie, for hot water. It. Yes, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, we're in a season of miracles. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, next Saturday morning, we're going to have a miracle session at, yeah. at Women Alive. Yeah. But uh, what I want to say is, Amen. <laughs> Great, uh, great speakers lined up. Great things. We serve a great God who will Amen. do great things. That's right. That's and right. Uh, yeah. but I just I got permission because um, a miracle that is, we'll mention next week. But it's um, Kim's son Gerald. Yeah. Died. Yeah. He died last May. May. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen years old. Eighteen. He was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was dead for six seconds. And he came back to life. He came back to life. Resurrection power. How long was it again, Kim? Was it six seconds? Okay. 
Yeah. Anyway, and you saw him there, and Kim might pop up a picture next week. But what I'm saying is he is alive and well. He is working. Yep. He is completely whole. <laughs> God did that. And it, the report was grim, yeah. and things didn't look good. But um, this, is, this is the Jesus yep. who you serve. That's right. <laughs> The God of miracles. And yeah. um, thank God for Kim and her family yeah. and this, this modern-day miracle. Amen? Yeah. And uh, we're in a season of miracles. Amen. So even today, however, Pastor closes the meeting. But receive your miracle. Receive what yeah. God says. It is written. Yep. Right? It is written. You've all got a Bible. And let's get out of any slump we're in and uh, any slothfulness. Yes. We don't want to be those. No We way. don't want to be no slothful. No Is that way. the word you use? Yeah. We don't so, want to be slothful. Yeah. Amen. Go ahead. So, so uh, don't go by what you see. Amen. That's what derails a lot of people. They're going by what they see. Well, it's not going to happen. No, don't go by what you see. Go by faith. Amen. Go by faith in the Word of God. Go by the promises Amen. of God. Everything's by faith. And so, so as you go by faith and you keep believing, well, then what happens? You keep believing for souls and soon people get saved and people get touched and so forth. That's what it's all about. And uh, we heard um, even this weekend, I'm hearing preachers in different places saying that God is going to restore authority to the church. Well, I didn't know it was gone. <laughs> right. We've been authorized. Oh, when yeah. you start hearing things that sound like uh, it sounds good. Hundreds and thousands of people are thronging to these messages. Oh, God's going to restore it to the church. And just, I mean, I listened for 60 seconds and I said to Dave, well, that already happened. Well, oh, God so, wouldn't do that so many because things. anyway, I'm sidetracked. But, but people prophesy things that that's in the Bible. And people act like, oh, well, that's happening today. No, it's already happened. He's already given us authority. He's already given us glory. He's already given us his, his, the power, the anointing, the breakthrough. He's already given us all those things. It's We're just a question of Come go on. claim We're on fire. it. And Say claim it. Claim it. Go claim it. Don't, don't sit there, you know, oh, oh, it's really amazing. It, now it's true because it, they said it. No, it's true it because he said 2, it. It happened 2,000 years ago. Come on. True and, because God said it. It's his word. He did not come. Does your Bible say Jesus didn't come? <laughs> To judge the world. That's right. He didn't, he didn't, excuse me, or condemn. He didn't come to condemn. Nope. He didn't come to judge. And he's not bringing judgment to America. Nope. I'd like a big loud shout, amen. Amen. We are his people. We, we are holy. He's not <laughs> restoring holiness to the church. We are the temple. Amen. And we have the holy one in us. Yes. So you're going to be hearing oh, a lot. You probably, a lot of you have been hearing this it's and so that. Good. Tickling ears. So good. Line it up with the word. Well, oh, Jesus already did that. Is, Amen. When you know the word, the word sets you free. Oh, it's such so peace, good. Such peace, such joy, such rest. Let's lift our hands a second. Lord, Hallelujah. thank you. Your word, your spirit Hallelujah. sets us free. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> Free Thank indeed. you for freedom. Thank you for liberty. Amen. Thank you. Your word is so clear. Amen. So Thank clear you. what Thank you've you. given Thank us you. today. Thank Hallelujah. Amen. Because you said it, Amen. Lord. Amen. You said it, Lord. Amen. So we thank you today 
for these promises. We thank you for the New Testament. Hallelujah. Thank you, we thank, thank you for you, what you're doing, oh, Lord, today. You, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for anointing the people here, the Go people ahead. listening. Thank you, Lord. You can share this online. Thank, thank you for you, anointing them as ambassadors. Thank you, Lord. Of the New Testament. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. For spreading your word thank across you. this planet. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for revival. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for, for great glory. We yes, thank you for glory. what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Yes, somebody over here, the song of the Lord. Who's, who is singing over here? Keep, let's keep singing it. Keep, keep singing, singing it. That's yeah. the song from heaven. Thank you, Lord God. So, yes. Lord God. Let's yes. just say, thank yes. you, Lord. Yes. Sing, with, sing with her. Sing with her. We Lord, praise you, Lord. Lord. Let's stand up together. Let's we praise you, Lord. Keep it singing the song of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Lord. You have done great things, Lord God. You have done great things, Lord. You've done it all, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You paid the price. Thank you, Jesus. You paid Jesus. the price. Thank you, you Jesus. Price. Hallelujah. You oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Yes, Lord. listen. Your, the Spirit's always singing and stuff. Let it out. <laughs> Let it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. 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 Sounds Bless from you. Heaven. Shake five Amen. hands around you. Amen. Tonight, Pastor Rand is going to share. Come on out. Be encouraged. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.